Hey everyone, if you know me, you know that I've been investing in precious metals for many, many years. Once I realized that private banking cartels could drastically manipulate currencies, putting my family savings in jeopardy, I decided to take matters into my own hand and diversify our savings strategy. This is why I buy physical silver and gold and invest in metals through our Roth and 401k. And I only invest with Colonial Metals Group. CMG is the exclusive sponsor of The Shannon Joy Show, and they're helping me set up a safe and secure self-directed IRA where I have access to my assets no matter what the stock market or, for that matter, the government is doing. Let the team of experts at Colonial help you protect your family's future with an extra special offer just for the SJ audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950 and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver just for the SJ audience. Join me today and take back your power. Secure your wealth with Colonial Metals Group. Hello world. Welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. Hello, world, and welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. We're broadcasting from the Joy Virtual Studio right here in the beautiful Finger Lakes region of New York State. It is Friday. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for his miracles, even in the worst, uh, most destructive situations. Tonight, we are blessed to have an amazing guest in the Joy Virtual Studio. His name is Eric Naylor. He is a pastor. He is a father. He is a husband. And he is a resident with his family of Lahaina in or Lahaina in Maui, the the site of the horrific, horrific wildfires, so much death and destruction. And he is here tonight to give his eyewitness account and tell his story. Um, miraculous and tragic at the same time. Eric, thank you for being with us tonight on the Shannon Joy Show. Hey, happy to be with you guys. Well, we are um, so sorry for your loss and so sorry for the residents of Lahaina, so sorry for what people are enduring in Maui, and uh, it continues to this day. The rebuilding process is uh, painful. There are a lot of questions about what has happened there and what is happening now, but I wanted to start the interview with you and your family and your story, what brought you to Lahaina. And um, and then we'll go into um, what happened. You are one of the the few eyewitnesses who is uh, speaking out and and speaking up about what you saw, and we really appreciate that. But you lost everything in those fires, and it's an extraordinary story. Um, but what brought you to the you know the beautiful island of Maui? Yeah, so I was uh, at Arizona State. Um, you years back and one of my buddies that I met there was born and raised out here in Maui and after we both graduated just stayed connected and he invited us to come out and be a part of this church that um, he wanted to start and so my wife and I and our, we have four little girls and a baby boy oh, we no. moved out here at the beginning of 2023 okay we uh, packed our bags um, 
brought all the stuff. We got rid of most everything, but just brought all the stuff that we wanted uh, to keep and moved out here um, December 30th, 2022. So started January right. this year. And um, yeah, I started uh, working to build a church and by God's grace, meeting lots of people, getting connected mm-hmm. in the community, in the neighborhoods. What What is life like in Lahaina um, pre-fire and devastation? What is it like? What are the people like? What is the culture like? Um, and how are you acclimating at the time? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. Like people all over, not just the country, but the world come out and just world-class beaches and hotels. Um, there's like there's the the beaches and like the the tourist scene for sure mm-hmm. and it's like kind of more of the local scene yes that's what so, i'm curious about are the locals <laughs> yeah when we moved in um our landlord he we were like kind of in a duplex he was like in the front and we were in the back and he was saying like oh we call this this little neighborhood it was like two little streets we call it little manila because oh. it, everybody here is filipino okay okay very cool <laughs> um, yeah, and one of one of the days my my daughter came home from school. She is like, "Daddy, are are we Filipino?" <laughs> <laughs> Talking with some of the kids, We're like, "Oh, you're not Filipino." And she's like, "Oh no. I I didn't know what Filipino was. So I just said I was." <laughs> so, so cute. So, yeah. so the the culture, the community, um you were adjusting and planting a church in Lahaina, raising your small family. And um um, can you tell us about the the night of the fire? Um, you know, I've heard some of your accounts, but uh, what was your experience uh, the day before and then the evening of? Yeah, so um, about a month before, we had heard about a hurricane. I don't remember like her- which hurricane it was, but how people get ready for it. So we were like putting some stuff inside and just kind of preparing for it. And then it came and it was like, no, nothing. Like, didn't even notice it. Mm. So the night before this, this hurricane, Hurricane Dora was coming through probably like um, hundreds of miles south of the Big Island. So like, it's it's so far from us. And I didn't hear anything about it. Um, but the night we went to bed, uh, there was um, just tons of wind. Mm. And so I like, woke up. And um, just hearing like the trees and one of my daughters had been like collecting, like recycling um, to like try to make some money. And I hear all these cans just like flowing down like our driveway. And um, so I'm like picking some of the stuff up. Um, The power went out that night and um, we woke up in the morning. There's no power. And we are just kind of watching our neighbors homes and like the apartments across the street and the the roofs, like the shingles are just slowly like getting peeled off because of Mm -hmm. all the wind. And you're seeing like trees and branches just everywhere, just crazy amounts of wind. And um, about midday, uh, not just our power was out, but then our Wi-Fi, our, our, um, our phones. Okay. um, So our cell service just went out. So we were, we were texting people, like sending videos to like friends, like, Hey, are you guys getting this amount of wind up North and uh, sending a picture of like all of the the roofs and everything. But then, um, then the, then the cell phone service went out. Interesting. And and then probably like around like one or two, we saw 
there was like smoke in the distance and one of the neighbors was outside just ran over and was like hey there's um there's a fire over in Lahaina Luna which is kind of like kind of the over uh, one of the other streets mm. and um we could see the smoke and then probably for the next few hours we just saw that smoke just get like bigger and bigger and bigger and, and started moving toward our way and so we about actually, approximately how far away, how many miles away from your physical location was the, was the smoke? Can you estimate? Yeah, so it probably started like two or three miles away. Okay, and then it just slowly grew and got okay. closer. Okay, so you're just and seeing so- like this large plume of black smoke, and yeah. you're hearing at this point you have no cell service, you have no power, and but you're hearing from other people that there is a fire, and it's just kind of looming and getting bigger and bigger throughout the course of the day. That's okay. right. Yeah. And okay. yeah. Then around like six forty-five, my um my neighbor and our landlord, they were like really like, Eric, like we should just leave. And the the fire's not close to us. Um there's like a big grassy field that back behind our place, um, a wreck field and we walked out there and you could see the smoke. And you could see fire like in the distance, but it was still like okay. still very far. Yeah. But my my neighbor and I, we walked down that way and, and then to the highway. The road was all closed by that time. And uh we went across the street and when you there say was, the, when you say the road was closed, uh who closed the road? I mean what do you mean by that? Because it would seem to me in that situation you would walk road the roads open so people could leave if they had to so what was the nature of the road being closed was it just the the physical environment people weren't on it or were there actual closures yeah um when we went out there was um there was some police there and they were basically closing the road for anybody going toward the fire okay. but nobody was driving in that direction obviously right um I think that they were trying to direct people out and away. And okay. I think they were also trying to um, create a lane for like, I think emergency vehicles to get in and out. But from where we were at, like, and, and reflecting on it now, there just, we, there weren't any fire trucks. There weren't, I, yeah, there, there weren't, there weren't that many emergency vehicles out there. You, you know, something yeah. else that happened that was just crazy that morning was there was a fire um probably 10 12 hours earlier before the fire in Lahaina but it was on the other side of the island there's just this is kind of the time of year that a lot of wildfires happen so i think that the fire department was just stretched so thin and they just couldn't be at all these different spots okay so no communication no electricity very few emergency services fire trucks emts some police presence uh, blocking the roads towards the fire, not necessarily away from the fire. And at this point, is the wind still, um, you know, an issue? Are you still having the high, high winds at this point? Or is it really just the fire and the smoke that you're seeing? Oh, no, it's lots of winds still. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which would contribute to the the spreading of the fire so quickly and so fast. We're going to have to go to break. This is um, just a harrowing story. I cannot imagine going through this um, with your family, your small family being new to the island, right? Relatively new as a pastor. Um, Just an an amazing story already. Uh, So glad to have Eric Naylor on the program tonight. Uh, He is a pastor 
in uh, Lahaina, lost his home, lost all of his belongings, everything. Uh, but there is a, a miraculous story to all of this. We're going to get to that at some point in this interview. Um, you have uh, such an amazing spirit and a spirit of hope. And I think that's what we want to leave with with this. But um, before that, we have the devastation. We're going to continue with Eric's um, eyewitness testimony to the the deadly fire in Lahaina. We'll be back in a moment on the Shannon Joy Show. Okay, everyone, if you're anything like me, you've wanted to buy gold for years. There are tons of commercials out there, but who can you really trust? I didn't want a bad investment, but I also didn't want to miss the gold bus, right? Fortunately, I have great news. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to buy physical gold, eliminate the fear and uncertainty from the process by using the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. I used it personally recently to vet Augusta Precious Metals, and I am buying gold from them myself, guys. Use this checklist. You can choose the best gold IRA company for you. To get your free gold IRA company integrity checklist today, I want you to go ahead and text JOY to 68592. That's JOY to 68592 for your free gold IRA company integrity checklist. And it's going to help you wade through all of the offers out there and pick the company that is best for you. Again, I used it myself. Go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com also to learn more. All right, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. It's tonight. We are talking to a resident of Lahaina, uh, the deadly fires in Maui. His name is Eric Naylor. He's a pastor and a father of five children, a husband. He was planting a church on that beautiful island, acclimating to the culture and the community. And uh, shortly after they came to this beautiful island, they experienced the, the deadly and horrific wildfires and lost their home. I want to direct all of you before we continue this interview to the show notes, whether you're listening on podcast or watching on Rumble or Twitter, we have the show notes up and we are leading with links uh, to organizations where you can go and donate to help the people of Lahaina and also Eric's family rebuild from this devastation. We're going to talk a little bit about your rebuilding a later, a little bit later in the program. There's a controversy, Eric, about Front Street, which is which is in proximity to your home. It's actually very close to, to um, as you're describing the, the situation early on prior to your um, fleeing from your home in Lahaina. And there are reports that there were, there were police blockades on that street and that there were certain residents unable to get out because of those blo- blockades. Have you heard anything about that? And um, what are people talking about or what are people saying about that issue? That's one of the big controversies that people in the States and across the world are, are seeing as the, you know, that, that issue. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, we live very close to front street. Like we could walk down there, been, been there all the time. The girls wow. school, um, we our three oldest daughters. They went to the school that was on front street that burned down oh my um, word. Which, just by God's grace. The kids weren't in school that day. Like the next day after the fire was the first day of school. So, oh my word. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I've heard about that. And um, 
I mean, you've probably seen, I've seen the pictures of cars that are just burned out on front street. People talking about jumping in the ocean. Yeah. Um, people hearing like cars exploding from the fire um, and they couldn't get, they couldn't get out. So I, I don't know. I wasn't there on front street when it happened, but we do know like there was no communication. Like our cell phones are all out. Um, we know like Strange. the police. Yeah. Yeah. And like the police, they've, you know, they've made like oaths to protect the public. And it's not just that it's that this is like a small town. Right. And so they know these people, right. They like, this is like their community, their aunties, their uncles, their kids. Right. And so they, they're trying to get people out, but it does seem like there was, there might've been something that happened where they made a bad call or there's perhaps miscommunication or, or no communication. Like for us, we had no communication. So I don't know what theirs was like, but it does there just at least has been allegations that they weren't letting people out of front street and right. people were abandoning their cars, which then makes the, the traffic back up worse. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I um just thinking and about that, like so sad and so scary. Like you can't, cause the, the traffic there is, is already so bad. There's one main highway in mm. and out of Lahaina. So there's only one highway, like one or two lanes each way. And then mm. down on front street is kind of like closer right next to the ocean and, and it'll come up to that highway and the fire, it, it came down that Lahaina Luna road. And then it came down onto front street, which is like kind of the, a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the businesses I'm um, shopping. Mm -hmm. And so I think people just kind of got trapped in there and, and I don't know what happened, but there people have been talking a lot about this like police blockade. Um, but I don't know more other than like, I think those guys were just in a crazy situation trying to do the best they had with whatever little communication they had. But, um, but maybe, maybe some mistakes were made. I'm sure that day mistakes were made, um, between different organizations and people. It was just a, like a, the perfect storm of, of like a hurricane, but no, no rain, just the wind right. and it's dry right. and wildfires. No communication. Um, no there was all fire on the other side. So the firemen aren't even there fighting it. Um, apparently yeah. that day, like the water, uh, went out. Um, well, and and that's, uh, an, that's another, and, and this was, this was confirmed by Ed Dowd, who was on my show, um, in, in his interview with RFK Jr. And, uh, he mentioned that the water was cut off to to Lahaina. So you have cell phone service cut off, water cut off, lack of of emergency. Um you have the the natural um just, you know, trifecta of disaster, no rain, high wind and fire. So, yeah. you know, this is this is setting up and you would think that the police if everyone knows there's one way in and out, that there's one critical road, you think that every resource would be going to make sure that that road was clear, was open, and that people were just being filed out as quickly as possible. Um, it is strange, you know, when we are relying on on <clears throat> reports from people like Nick Sorter and some of the other independent reporters on the ground, and we can talk a little bit about uh, media um, how has the police response been? Have they been responsive 
to the questions of the citizens and the and the villagers and you know the people who who are wondering about this and many who of whom are not even able to go back to their homes yet because there have been there have been you know there have been barricades set up um any response to your knowledge uh from the police and, and other other emergency uh, associations. Thanks for listening to the Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. As you all know, the Joy family is super sporty. We all play volleyball. The kids are playing beach volleyball in the summer, high school volleyball in the fall. And right now we are traveling across the country almost every weekend, different city every weekend, playing club volleyball. And uh, the kids need good nutrition. Very difficult to be healthy on the road. Sometimes they're playing, you know, up to five games a day, 10 games in a weekend, and they need the vitamins and minerals. They need the nutrition. And I'm so thrilled to partner up with Field of Greens, so that they can get all of the vitamins and the nutrients and the nutrition that they need to supplement their regular diet and keep them full of energy and healthy on the court. Also, healing after these long tournaments is really important. And the product line over at Field of Greens is fantastic. It is an easy way to make sure that your family is getting the nutrients that they need all natural every single day. Go to fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com and plug in the promo code Shannon. You can check out their whole lineup of products. And if you put in that promo code Shannon, you'll get 15% off your order. So we're super excited to partner up with them and looking forward to a super healthy, super healthy 2023. Yeah, I um I'm I'm not the most like in the know about some of the local news and stuff, but I did see um uh an interview by the police chief and the 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 fire chief on Maui and um I even just posted those like in my Facebook just knowing like people a lot of people are asking questions and confusion, but one thing I saw I I just noted about that those interviews was they these are local guys. Their kids are in the schools. Their friends are the ones who own the businesses. They lost in their departments dozens of homes mm. from their own from their own um, policemen and firemen. And so, yeah. I don't think that there is any kind of like like malicious conspiracy from those guys. Mm-hmm. I think I think like all of us, um, they just had so little communication. Not sure exactly even at least for us, not sure exactly like where the fire trucks were like what roads needed to be open like which direction to go in some ways right right um, but um i could but i i imagine they'll do some investigations and and kind of make better choices next time or if there was anything wrong if there was anything malicious i know that there's a lot of people looking into it um good. locals and government officials so good that 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 is good to hear um, I want to go back to your story of that night and we we veered off a little bit and I, I might ask you questions as as we're walking through your story um, because you're giving us a, a really valuable perspective and I really appreciate your perspective on this because there is so much out there swirling around what happened um, that night and you were right in, in the center of it. So um, it's around... At around 1 p.m., you begin to see, you know, hear the rumors and see the smoke billowing, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The winds are high. 
uh, you have lost electricity, you have lost cell phone coverage, and you're beginning to get more concerned, you you begin to see the fire, you go up on a hill and you can see it. Um, what are you thinking at that point with your family? Where is your Where are your kids? Where is your wife? What are the discussions that you're having in that moment? Yeah, we um, started packing a couple bags. Um, okay. My fam is all just at our house together. Um, I around like one or two, maybe three. Like we saw on the highway, that main highway in and out, one lane kind of going back toward the town is completely like no cars are coming. Um, but the, 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 the lane to leave the town is just completely backed up. It's just like a traffic jam. Hardly any cars are moving. And I was thinking like, as I was just looking out the window, like if the fire got all the way to our house, we wouldn't want to get our down in that, um, traffic jam. I was just thinking maybe we would just drive down toward the ocean and then just try to walk the beach as far as we can. Um, and so that's that's what I was thinking. But by God's grace, by like six or seven, um, when we left, that whole traffic jam was gone on that mm, main highway. Wonderful. Um, but uh, I I was, as I think back about it now, and I have other buddies I've talked to, like, as we said, you know, you look at the death count and most of the deaths are going to be these older people um, who, um, they also didn't have communication. Some of them didn't have cars. Um, some of them didn't have like the ability to like get out. And, um, I, I just think like, man, like around three or four o'clock, like when we're just sitting at home, if people realize like, we're just a mile or two away from the, where the fire started and we're like, emergency alert system. I've heard reports from uh again this was uh, RFK Jr and Ed Dowd that there was it, there's an emergency alert system that is normally functioning they test it routinely is that the case yeah i mean i've heard like we're new to the island i've heard okay. that they have those like sirens for hurricanes yeah. um like tsunami warning sort of thing but when those things happen people are supposed to move up away from the the okay. ocean and okay. like up the mountain but okay. um my I don't know why they didn't pull that. My my thought was because maybe it wasn't like a tsunami warning. It was a a, a fire. And so mm. it get people moving in the wrong direction. Um yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, you don't have to know everything. We're just trying to get um as much as we can, you know, based on your experience. So you decide to leave um you to pack up your family. Um, were you ever fearful for your lives? I mean, how close was the fire at that point? And were you guys frightened? Um, no, like, again, just we were so lucky. Um, our family was on the edge of town. Okay. And even when we left around like six or seven, I was telling my wife, I don't even know if we need to leave yet. And um, just thinking like uh, later, like the whole town would have to burn down for the fire to get to our house. And so we didn't even take... Um, as much as we could have, because we just really didn't think the fire would get to us like so many others. Mm. But because the firemen couldn't fight the fire, the over that night, the fire slowly just consumed the whole town, essentially. Oh, it's tragic. We are talking to Eric Naylor. He is a 
a minister, a pastor, uh, planting a church in Lahaina. Uh, his family lost everything in the fire. We're going to come back and talk about uh, the scope of your loss and the scope of the loss, um, the human death toll, the missing children, uh, the missing townspeople. I want to direct you guys in the show notes on our Rumble channel and also on the podcast and in Twitter. Uh, you will find links to um, Eric's organizations. I would encourage you to help them rebuild. Um, they have two links and you can receive their prayer letter by emailing him as well, which is included in those links. And um, we are just so thankful for you and your testimony and also your faith through all of this because there were miracles as well, which we'll get to. We'll be back in a moment right here on the Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back to the Shannon Joy Show. Tonight, we are joined by Eric Naylor. He is an eyewitness uh, to the horrific, deadly, and destructive uh, fires in Lahaina. He escaped with his family just hours after the fire began uh, to safety. Are you guys safe today? And and how are you doing uh, with your family? Where are you? And uh, how is the state of the family before we get into your story a little bit more? Yeah, thanks, Jen. Um, Yeah. We're we're safe. We're good. By God's grace, every night since the fire, we always had a place to stay. Um, uh, right now, we're um, I'm in this hotel, this like beautiful resort. Um, we were able to get a place to stay back here in Lahaina, on the in the area that wasn't burned, like the north part of um, Kahana, where we're going to be at the Keeley area, and um, but we the Red Cross said we needed to check into a hotel um, so that we could be like properly in their system. Like again, just by God's provision, his people, people we didn't even know believers on, here on the Island provided places for us to stay. So we're in like, our, we just moved into the fourth place that we've been since the fire. Mm. And uh, um, last night we stayed at this um, hotel just so that we could be checked in. This is apparently like the last week for people to, be in the system for red cross after the disaster otherwise they can't so right now we're just at this little or really big hotel okay all right and um so let's go back to the the night of your escape so you decide around seven o'clock to pack up the family and make your way out and you you um leave via car how long did it take you to to get to safety and when did you realize the scope of the destruction yeah so um, right before we left, my neighbor and I, we walked um, across that field, um, this wrecked field, and then across the highway. There's no cars coming in or out either direction now. It's just getting later in the day. And um, just looking back toward the town into the, uh, through the highway, there's just like smoke. Just You couldn't even see um, down the road. And then across the street, across the highway, you could see... Um, structures on fire like kind of there's this one like iconic um church um that Mm. is on fire that's like the picture that every news station is using like i saw like that i took my own picture of it but right next to it is a little baptist church lahaina baptist church and it's where my neighbor goes and where on sunday morning our family will go our church plant meets on wednesday night Mm. and so he's like eric we need to like pray for this building and so we like 
ran across and it, it was just you could like kind of feel you could feel the the heat coming from the fires just at these adjacent buildings but he's just like full of faith and prayed we just prayed for a minute and by god's grace those that structure and the one next to it that lahaina baptist own is still is still standing looks like untouched by the fire which is even as he was praying he had faith i don't think i did i was just thinking all of this is gonna yeah. just disappear um but uh, we walked back afterwards. Well, but and- that's interesting to me. And I know I'm kind of, we're, we're going like kind of around and about, but there's a method to my madness here. But that's, that's an interesting story. Number one, miraculous. You prayed over this building and uh, it was protected and it stood. It was right next to another iconic uh, building that just burned to the ground. That's one of the the, the pieces of the puzzle that is so, um, that is missing for many people because you see these images of, um, structures standing, right. Um, next to other structures completely burned and, and people can't make sense of it because in the natural scope of a fire, you kind of seem to have a natural burn. Any idea, what are people taught? What are people saying about that phenomenon where, you know, certain structures and some people are saying that, um, you know, some it, the destruction was worse in um, the more middle class, working class neighborhoods, and in some of the the other uh, areas. And you know, I, I I don't know if that's true, but what are your thoughts on that? Thanks for listening to the Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I am so psyched to be working with the folks over at Colonial Metals Group. You guys know that I am all about personal empowerment, never living in fear or waiting for some politician to save you. Being at the whim of the stock market or the current administration does not make me feel safe or secure, but having a self-directed IRA where I can safely store physical gold and silver assets that have stood the test of time makes a lot of sense to me. Let the team of experts at CMG help you protect your family's future. Maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you're already in a 401k or an IRA, or maybe you're thinking about your parents' retirement. Regardless of your situation, Colonial Metals Group can help. We put together a special offer for this audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950 and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver. Don't sit around waiting for a politician to save you. Save yourself, protect your wealth, and call Colonial Metals Group today. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm no expert in this, obviously, but my understanding is that sometimes when fires come through, you do see like patches that are just completely torched and then another building next to it that that isn't. So it's not as if it's like so unlike other fires. Okay. uh, My understanding. But the idea that the neighborhoods that were most affected were blue collar, middle class, lower, lower income neighborhoods. and I don't know, um, those are, I mean, that was just the area that was affected. Um, mm. a so, lot but it was the, true that the, the, the majority of the damage and the destruction is in the working class, middle class, lower class neighborhoods. Absolutely. Okay. And then, and then like front street, then just then front street, tons yeah. of businesses. businesses. So those businesses, but those neighborhoods, um, were, 
yeah, those weren't like the fancy rich neighborhoods by any means. <laughs> Man, so many questions about that. So it so many things don't make sense. Let's go back to your story though. So you are you're racing out, you pray over this building which which survived uh and you move your, your family to safety. What happens then? Yeah, so we drive out and like I said the highway um near our our area was um there wasn't a traffic jam anymore and so we roll out and it wasn't it wasn't like harrowing like uh, or scary like some of my buddies who they're they're leaving and there's like fire on both sides like they're just <laughs> driving through smoke they can't even see um but it was it was still very intense just because of the wind because there's power lines that are just like fallen straight mm-hmm. in front of the street and trees down everywhere mm-hmm. and um and so as we were leaving um I, I we kind of got closer to the ocean and I did see and I just thought like, man, if we would have got into the ocean and like got in it, it would have been so scary because of the wind. The waves were just kicking so hard. Oh my gosh. And so now when I think like looking at those pictures um, of people on Front Street who had jumped in the ocean, if they if they departed from like the coast where they couldn't stand or hold on to something, they would have just got swept out to sea. Oh. And so as there's like looking for certain body, like the body count and like looking for missing people. There's probably some that, and I, I heard that they had uh, people um, doing like scuba and snorkeling, trying to look for bodies out there because people were jumping in the ocean. But like when we left that day, that the winds in the ocean looked like terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like I've done a decent amount of like spear fishing since I've been here, but even if I had a snorkel and gear, fins I would have just been like that would have been really sketchy just to like live through well certainly I mean taking refuge in the water was really no refuge at all because it I mean it was just as as dangerous and I can't imagine having having five children small children at you know and just the two of I mean it would have been I mean horrific absolutely horrific yeah. Uh, Let let's let's speak to the the scope of the the death toll and there, again, you know, a lot of rumors about, I mean, well, number one, the authorities have not been up, up front with the numbers, partly because it's it's hard to know, right? And you have to have people reported missing. But you, you would think that in a community as small as Lahaina on an isolated island of, of Maui, this is not a, a bustling metropolis of, of 10 million people. This is um, you know, relatively small number of people, you would think that my uncle, my cousin, my wife, my daughter missing, you th- those would, would file in quickly and they would be able to get at least a sense of a number very early on. But we're hearing number of, you know, 2000 plus school children not showing up for school. We're hearing death toll in the thousands as opposed to the, to the hundreds. What are you hearing? And, and what is your understanding of, of that at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're hearing like the same news you guys are. Um, okay. So, wow. so, yeah, the death toll, um, it seems by God's grace to be much smaller. Like when they were saying a thousand plus people missing, um, mm. I, I had buddies who, um, so so the area that got affected was completely torched and people either went north or south. We went south and went back toward like Kahului and the main um, cities. Um, but 
the people who were up north, they were without power for the next few days. Okay. And so one of a couple of my buddies just hopped on their dirt bikes and they like drove down through town and they were just seeing like the destruction, like just hours after it, like mm. seeing bodies actually. And um, we all thought from those re- initial reports that like, oh my gosh, there might be like hundreds, like a, in the, like a thousand people gone for a small community. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. But then, but then as more reports came out and even just thinking back, like I didn't know tons and tons of people who are like, we lost someone, we lost someone. Okay. It, it couldn't have been that high. And, and it, by God's grace, we're finding out that the death toll is going to be, it's not going to reach 200. It doesn't look like. Oh, so that is a miracle. Amazing. Yeah. That is a miracle. Thank God for that. And, and, you know, very often, and this is a way, you know, discerning is very difficult in this media culture that we live in today, where you have the news cycle, you have the national news, international news, and then what's like actually happening on the ground. And so, you know, those anecdotals, I mean, if the, if the death, death toll were in the thousands or the two thousands, to your point, you would know some people, you would know a friend of, or a friend of a friend, and you would be hearing those stories. And so um, I appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah. Are they uh, releasing lists or any news of, you know, and here's something that is interesting though, the authorities, it's like they, they, they contribute to the questioning by being cagey and not reporting, you know what I mean? And, and so I think that it's like, again, this perfect storm that we, we, we keep referring to where, you know, if, if I think people felt like they were being forthright about what was actually happening then there would be less confusion. There would be less conspiracy theories. There would be less conjecture about, you know, what is actually happening. And you're really helping us, uh, you know, work through some of those things today. Are 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 the authorities being any better recently, to your knowledge? Are they being more responsive? And also, um, is anyone allowed back in yet? Because that's another area where it's 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 blocked off unmarked cars, people can't get in, can't get out, media is being pushed out. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I I don't know a lot about how much the like the mayor and like governor, how much they're saying or what they're saying. Um, there is something just amazing about the community around here of okay. people helping one another, like little, yeah. like basically like um, free like grocery stores and like on the beaches and in um, parks that people can come and get stuff from. That's all, all grassroots, all local, no big organizations, no governmental help. And um, so that's just like touching and, and just beautiful. And when, when the government, um, when the, they weren't letting people in and they weren't sending as much help, locals are getting on boats and bringing over um, supplies. Like I drove, in that first week three times like bringing supplies over to people we knew and people are getting on like helicopters and oh dropping my stuff gosh. And so there was a, a ton of just grassroots local support like financial help coming in from mainland but not through big organizations just through venmo just through but that's so weird i mean this lends to all like you i mean the federal government has never met emergency that they don't want to dump a hundred billion dollars on like the federal government at any emergency they use it as a, you know an opportunity to highlight this issue or that issue and there is 
every organization there on the ground, just, you know, deploying. This That's another strange thing about this is that no. now I think it's lovely. I think it's bad. I love, I'm a, a, an evangelist for localism, local communities, the grassroots efforts. And so to me, to hear these stories of the community coming together, protecting one another, not needing the outside help, needing some help, but, but really taking care of their own to me is amazing. It's amazing. But isn't that strange though? Isn't there a naval base close to, I mean, isn't there a naval base like right in the vicinity of Lahaina with all sorts of resources? Um, Not in, I don't think there's one on Maui, but like, you know, like Pearl Harbor, like Oahu, Honolulu, there's one in nearby island. Yeah. So, I mean, it's and nothing. I, it's just it's astounding to me. It, it's astounding, and and so you are corroborating though that there isn't a lot of outside help to this day still. I mean, there is now. I I would say I think there's okay. now. Um, they um that first week was just weird. Um, yeah. and and there was there wasn't a lot of help getting in, and there was even just it was just I think poor decision making. I don't think. Hopefully not malicious, but mm-hmm. just why are you not letting people come bring food and supplies? Like they were out of power and out of water. And like we have friends who are on that side. Like I had a a girl, a woman in our um, church who's saying like her, um, like they're out of formula for their baby. You know, like it's just like, how can we close the roads to those people? Um, and I've seen the videos of those as well. I mean, it's it's truly just astounding. Yeah. So let's go back to your story. And uh, you have moved your family to safety. Uh, pretty harrowing hearing stories uh, from friends about, um, you know, miraculous escapes. But you guys are, are moved safely out. And um, when did you realize where where did you go first of all, and when did you realize the scope of the destruction? Because remember, guys, uh, you know they thought they were leaving temporarily because it was getting a little dangerous, but by no means thinking that they were going to lose everything, that the entire town was going to be burned. But when did you realize? When did it begin to sink in that that yeah. was the case? Yeah, like so we left that night and. Um... We stayed in uh, Kahului, which is like the major city or town on Maui. Um, the airport is there. Okay. And we stayed with okay. our, our neighbor's daughter. And so my family of seven, we just stayed, slept in the living room. Yeah. And then, um, two other like half brother and sisters slept in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed there for two nights. Um, and during those like 48 hours, like the next day we started seeing just like, I'm, we, we were in a place where we had um, internet service and power and I'm starting to look at just some of the pictures. Like I remember one of the first things I saw was a video of the ha- the Harbor in Lahaina of all the boats that were burned. And just like, that's when I just realized like, Oh my gosh, like if the boats burned down on the ocean, how big the fire must have been. Right. And, um, we were hearing lots of lots of rumors of stuff that was destroyed or wasn't. And we we were told like our whole neighborhood burned down, but we're still kind of like, oh, maybe we'll be one of the lucky ones. Um, oh. But um, my buddy who drove his uh, dirt bike out there, he kind of just went through and just like went to a bunch of different spots and he checked our neighborhood and he texted um, 
I guess I guess he must not have told us till um several days later because they didn't have a service. Um, it's like such a blur. I believe, as I yeah, think no, I understand today, that. But, but probably like two or three days afterwards, we had like um, aerial footage and then um, someone just driving through sent us a video of like our whole neighborhood was gone. And that's when we realized like, oh man, um, that like all of our stuff, our second car, like all of our things were gone. But but we did leave with a couple, like I have a Bible for each of my kids that I've been like writing in since they were born. So like one, our oldest for the last 10 years, um, that I took and we had two pairs of clothes for each person because we thought we were coming back after a day and we took um, we have just a little file of like all of our passports and birth certificates so we mm-hmm. we left with those things um, snacks for the kids they made sure we had snacks oh well the kids always need the snacks that's all they care about they're like fire what yeah. fire I just want my snacks <laughs> Oh yeah. We get to sleep on the floor with mommy and daddy. You know, <laughs> this is a sleep yeah. floor. How fun. <laughs> They're so resilient. Oh my word. What all oh, your story. Uh Eric Naylor is a pastor in Lahaina. He's giving us um his eyewitness account of what happened during the fire and before, during, and after. We're going to continue this conversation. I definitely want to ask you about what you all need, the things that you need right now, the needs that you have, and how you're doing when we come back. But I have just a few more questions about um, the response and uh, whether or not you're able to get back in. I mean, that's another area that is that is incredibly confusing to a lot of people, and I can't wait to get your perspective on that. We'll be back in a moment, guys, right here on the Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Tonight, we are talking to eyewitness. Uh, Eric Naylor was in Maui on uh, in Lahaina at the site of the fires on August 8th. I mean, it was, it was over a month ago, which is astounding, Eric, uh, to comprehend for, for the people watching. Um, you guys can't come back. I mean, you haven't been allowed back in, uh, according to most reports, which is also very bizarre. Can you tell everyone about what's going on with that and when when you think you're going to be able to get back in to rebuild? Because that's what you need to do. You need to find housing. You need to rebuild. You need to reopen your church and get people going, um, rebuilding the shops and the merchants and the homes. So where are they or where are you in that process? Yeah, so um out here i think that's one thing that's so hard about just reading some of the news things is like there are things that are like nuanced and stuff that is said is true but they just don't understand the context of it okay um, someone who's not here so like the area of lahaina town that was burned down is still uh guarded off by um, national guard but okay. the entire west side is all technically lahaina it's all one zip code like it's a small community and um up north of Lahaina town like in places like Kaanapali and and further up that's all people are living there and people have access to there now and that's where I am now Mm. um and so you kind of drive like do like there's like a little bypass road around Lahaina town that gets us up to the rest of the area that wasn't destroyed Mm. but that burned out area like where our house is we still can't um get in um and I think that my understanding is 
well, for a while they were doing like the search and rescue, like really just search. There wasn't much rescue, just search. And then now um, I think they're trying to decipher like how to safely and effectively um, have residents come back and like go through their stores and their right. homes like us and right. look for stuff. But I think that I, I, and I don't know why it's taking so long, but they're, my guess is they're just trying to figure out how can they do it like environmentally safe and safe for the families to go check. Um, but who's yeah, we, in that, we who's in that, yeah. Who is in that no go zone? Is it, you said the national guard, uh, is there law enforcement government officials who's allowed? Yeah. 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 So like the national guard and like the government officials, police, they've like boxed off those areas uh, for people not to go. You know, yesterday, though, one of my um, one of the people who was a member of our church, she said that she was allowed back to get some of her things from her home that wasn't destroyed. She is like one of the only apartments that wasn't destroyed on Front Street and these Front Street apartments Mm -hmm. like her unit might have been like one of like several hundred that wasn't destroyed. And she was allowed to um, yesterday to go get a few things. But up until yesterday she wasn't allowed back in yeah. even though her her house was her apartment was still standing well and this is the difficulty people have property that they own in lahaina that is theirs and many people are worried about um land grabs uh, opportunities for people to come in and take advantage of the disaster to buy up cheap property um any discussions you're hearing about that and and uh, anything that the people are doing to kind of uh you know fight against that or avoid that happening yeah i've i've heard that um people are trying to do it. we don't own we were just renting out here so yeah. we haven't heard anything personally but um i see lots just in like the different social media groups people saying like like we're not oh, nobody sell nobody sell to anybody good, outside good. okay um, good good but i mean the the truth is is that when people get their insurance settlements and they look at their loans, they look at interest rates now and having to rebuild. I mean, people will have to sell. Like hmm. that's just I have talked with people who um were through the fires in um in California, like Paradise Valley fire five years ago. Like um it's that can happen. Uh, the whole nation has to come in and help people because that then I mean that's outrageous. That that's outrageous that that these people can't rebuild and there's not you know i mean hopefully there'll be more scrutiny on this and hopefully the the nation will rally and um you guys will able will be able to come together and figure out a way to protect your land because i just find that to be atrocious i think it's disgusting that someone would come in and take advantage of this type of situation people's destruction and losing their homes so that they can buy up prime property and in maui on the cheap like anyone who does that in my opinion is a despicable human being like an absolute despicable human being and that is an ill-gotten gain and i have read the bible about ill-gotten gains by the way and it never works out for the people who do that so I'm sorry, I just had to go off there for a second oh. because that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Mm-mm. Love your passion on that. That's sweet. No, it's, well, you, make sure you guys look at this the show notes if you want to you want to contribute to helping. I mean, we we should be helping you know you guys and and donating what we can and you know into your local communities because 
Um, that's just, you keep in touch with me. I want to know what goes on. I mean, I want to know what is going on because that would just be a, a tragedy and, and obscene in my opinion. Sorry. But anyway, okay. So, um, I know that Owen is chomping at the bit to ask a few questions. Our producer, um, you had a couple, a couple questions you wanted to mm. ask Eric Owen, go ahead. I mean, I'd, I'd preface this, Eric, by saying that I was not there. I've never been to Hawaii. I know so little about the situation. But from what I'm hearing, no electricity, no Wi-Fi, no communication, no ability to message anybody or do anything like that, no water, no emergency, no emergency communication, mm. no fire trucks, police diverting people onto a singular road, that road catching fire next to the ocean. Every single property burning up with a with fire that, that a temperature hot enough to melt a car. It doesn't seem to me that it's simply ignorance on behalf of the emergency system. It doesn't seem to me that it's just ignorance that caused this. For every single thing to have worked out the way it did and every single factor checking the box, it wasn't working. To me, that screams. And then you add in the land grab element after that. To me, it just seems a little too horrible to be true. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know what your take is on that. But the other thing I would say is that this is, you know, your story and the people like you who are founding churches, who are believers and who trust that Jesus provides, trust that we're hidden and under the shadow of his wings, trust, trust in that. And to go through tragedy like this, I actually think that this is going to happen to a lot more Christians and that Christians are going to need to look to examples like you to keep their faith in times like this yeah. where everything is gone. And it seems as if, you know, you, they question if their faith has been misplaced, but it is so important to remember the authority of Jehovah and Jesus in these moments and to remember that we are protected under the shadow of his wings. And I really do think that Jesus is going to turn this, you know, everything will be worked out for good. We are so confident in that. But I just want to, I want, I want you to touch on, does it seem that all of these things happening, what, what does that make you think to just have everything collapse at this, you know, perfect moment in this horrible circumstance? Is it, do you really think it's just ignorance? I really do believe there was some malicious intention, mm -hmm. something along the way that must have happened for all of these things to go the way in which they did. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just like too, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there, I think that there probably wasn't something so deeply malicious. My guess is um, it was that perfect storm and mistakes were made. And mm -hmm. I don't, I guess I just don't see the gain of, of, of government officials or the rich trying to destroy these poor neighborhoods and the and front street like i don't, i don't see like the rich people don't want to move into those neighborhoods that were destroyed like they i don't know i i just think like it's um i'd be shocked if there was something really malicious but i i'm i think that mistakes were made that day and there was a, a lot of reasons why just lack of communication as kind of you you're saying as well on just about like faith you know something really sweet just amazing is that our family with our, our kids were reading through the Bible together and we had just finished the book of Job, which is a story where um, mm. a man lost 
his all of his possessions his his children were killed and um we had literally just finished the book before this fire hit and we memorized one verse we're trying to memorize one verse from each book that we read and the verse we memorized was job 121 and it's job saying naked i came into this world and naked i will leave um, the lord gives and the lord takes away blessed be the name of the lord and i for us wow we know that god um is in control of everything he was in control a few years back through covid He's in control now for us in the midst of this fire. And he even in his sovereign plan was so kind to let my family and me like read this, this book that is so close to our story right now. And to be able to share that with our girls and, and, and whether or not all the things that happened were accidents and mistakes, or they were like maliciously done at the end of the day, we know as believers that God is in control of all. And all of the evil will be punished yeah. one day. Nobody gets away from God's wrath. Mm. And we also know that everybody in Christ will safely be brought home. And so I like for us, we we just know that because of because of Christ, like we don't we can sleep well. <laughs> we can, like babies. Yeah, yeah, things will be okay. Whether whether people are doing things maliciously or just like I'm- I'm gonna break. Content. Yeah, I'm gonna break in here because I think um I think at times it's a little bit of both. I think that uh, very often, and we saw this in COVID, um, local authorities' willingness to follow orders and obey orders from above. Um, sometimes the naivete of local officials understanding that um, there are wicked and malicious elements in this world. Um, you know, Christ told his fo- his followers and his disciples. Um, be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, right? So he is commanding us. I mean, we have to acknowledge that there could be malicious intent. I would say my takeaway from this is that there are a lot of questions. There needs to be a major investigation. And whether it was incompetence um, or you know the the blind following of of uh, orders, whether there was some malicious intent, malicious intent arson. Um, I would say there is a huge incentive for rich people to clear out areas that are desirable um, so that they can rebuild. I mean, this is some of the most prime real estate on the the face of the planet. So, so, um, but I also agree with you in the sense that justice, I mean, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? So, you know, just as we are to look and, and try to achieve truth and justice here on earth, but we have to understand that ultimately he's the one who's going to deliver it. And so I think it's I think it's a little bit of both right here. Um but at the very least, at the very least, um we need to support you all, you locals. Um I want to stay in close contact with you Eric, um so that you tell us what you need when you need money, let us know if you need money, if there are people who are going to lose their homes. And, you know, because they can't afford to to fix them up or they can't afford to repair, like, just let us know what's going on. Because I know there are so many people in this country, in the States that want to see a local community survive. They don't want to see the worst case scenario where your, your community, the fabric of your community, your, your culture is wiped away by, by this. And, and I know that if we continue 
to find each other and talk to each other that we can make that happen um, through the grace of God, right? Um, that's kind of where I I land on this. Your thoughts? No, I love it. Yeah, I'd love to stay in connection with you guys. Yeah, and, and that's what we need is people to, you know, like the most of the organizations and definitely the news is going to forget about um, Hawaii and the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months for sure. And no, yeah. um, would love just, it's going to take years for the rebuild. And so for the people who want to continue to follow um, our, my family's story and our church's um, progress here in Lahaina, um, please get on our prayer list and um, would love to stay connected with you, Shannon and yeah. Owen, and yeah. just appreciate, we really have felt like love from this community, but love back from all of you guys on the mainland and the ways that you many churches have prayed and believers have have given just generously and um i think that i think that the rebuild is just going to take years and so having some long-term relationships is so so needed absolutely absolutely and no we're we're adopting you at this point all of you (laughs) we'll be we want we want to make sure like i just i i i could not stand for people to lose their homes. And um, there is enough in this country. There, there is enough out there that we can, we can make sure that that doesn't happen. Guys, please take a look at the, at the show notes. Um, you can get linked up with Eric and his church, his community. And this is a great way for you guys to contribute and to help the people of Lahaina without, you know, the messiness of the big organizations and all the grifters that come in and you don't know, you don't necessarily know um, who to trust and who not to trust. You guys have met Eric tonight on the Shannon Joy Show. We're going to keep in touch with him and um, hopefully watch the the miracles come out of the destruction, right? What the devil meant for evil, God used for good, yeah. which is, I mean, I live by that. And there are all kinds of plans and schemes and malicious intent, uh, but there is also God and his people and his word and the truth. And, um, you know, hopefully we can, uh, through our obedience and our faith, uh, make sure that his will is done. So Eric, thank you. Any last thing? I mean, so you guys are doing, okay, we got to get you guys back into your hometown rebuilding, but where, where are you guys going to go in the, in the short term, in the near future? What do you need, uh, as a family? Yeah, thank you. We're um, sorting out education. So the, okay. the uh, yeah, the whole education out here on the west side is a disaster right now. And um, figuring out some homeschooling for the next few months. We okay. are um, looking for long-term housing out here on the west side. Um, okay. By God's grace, we got into, um, we just signed a lease for something for six months, which is really long for okay. this current um, okay. like state situation. Yeah. Um, but um, like longer, long term is is what we need because we probably won't be able to get back into like Lahaina Town for um, my guess is like several years. Um, oh we're looking God. for a place for our church to meet. Um, and um, uh, yeah, we just appreciate your guys' prayers. And um, despite what you guys see in the news, like we need people to, to come out here to Hawaii to uh to visit and to vacation and even on the west side in Lahaina like yeah. um, the area that was destroyed obviously there's nothing to do there but like I was saying Kaanapali everything north of that which is technically still Lahaina like yeah all my buddies who have small businesses you know like mm-hmm. 
it'll, this place will turn into a welfare state if there if people don't come. The the tourism is the economy out here. So so Shannon, you can come come visit um other people from your show. Come visit. Um, I mean, Maui. twist my arm, yeah. twist my arm, right? You know, yeah. the, the, I think that's the, the the best way to support. So to the audience, uh, if you're going to take a vacation this year, make it Lahaina. Yeah, Out, absolutely. absolutely. All right, I'm going to start my vacation fund. I'm going to start that yeah. right now. I'm going to make that my mission. It's, I mean, really not difficult, <laughs> oh, right? I love that. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, thank you so much for being with us guys again go to those show notes um this is your opportunity and hey start your vacation fund as well let's make it a thing to uh, make lahaina our destination maui for vacation we got to keep that local economy churning and burning and uh we are praying for you and uh, appreciate everything that you're doing and we'll be praying for um a a, a church for you all to meet in uh, and for education for your kids and um, a, a longer term lease for your family. But also, I'm going to pray that you guys get in much, much earlier than years. I'm going to pray that it's, it's, I don't know, I'm going to pray for a much shorter t- uh, time frame for you guys because you guys got to get back in there. And the longer it goes, the, the harder I think it's going to be. So thank you so much. And guys, please keep them in their prayer as well. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Um, Can't wait to see you next week. Keep it tuned right here on the Shannon Joy Show. Hey, everyone. Listening to Eric's story today reminds me of how everything can change in a moment. Just imagine he escaped with his wife, his five children. They had two changes of clothes snacks for the kids and their Bibles. And that was it. They thought they would be back in two days. It's been five months. His story also reminds me of how important it is to be prepared. And the truth is that medical emergencies and the need for certain prescriptions like ivermectin don't stop for natural disasters. I'm very thankful for the peace of mind that I have knowing that I have my medical emergency kit from The Wellness Company. You guys know that The Wellness Company are amazing sponsors of the Shannon Joy Show, and their medical emergency kit is simply amazing. If you go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com, that's getwellwithshannonjoy.com, you can learn all about it. It's very easy. These are prescription medications that you need for everyday illnesses. So bite wounds, bronchitis, pneumonia, skin infections, tetanus, tick exposure, and a whole host of other illnesses. They provide a medical emergency kit that has the prescriptions that you need for all of those emergencies. And I'm so thankful to have this. It gives me peace of mind, helps me sleep at night. And yes, it even has ivermectin. In fact, it's the only kit that does include ivermectin on the market. It's a, a very reasonable price. It is much easier to do than you would imagine. You simply go to the website, getwellwithshannonjoy.com. You put the kit in your basket, you pay for it, and then you have a consultation with a medical doctor. They'll set you up with your prescriptions and in days, it is at your front step. You deserve that peace of mind and we can get it with our friends over at The Wellness Company. Go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com. That's getwellwithshannonjoy.com.
Hey everyone, Shannon Joy for Connecta Mobile. So when I started my show 10 years ago, I would talk to my friends about privacy and the Fourth Amendment, and they would look at me like I had three heads. Now, fast forward to 2024, post-COVID, and everyone is talking about privacy. We are freaked out by AI, grossed out by government surveillance, and very aware that data is the new gold. Combine that with the new reality that your whole life and all of your data is on your phone and in the palm of your hands, making you a sitting duck for common hackers, corporate hustlers, or government spies. Are you going to let them get away with that? Well, I'm not. And that's why I use my Connecta mobile phone as the official business phone for Joy Media. That's because Connecta is the only phone company that specializes in security and privacy above all else. Call Connecta Mobile today and talk to a real person who lives in the United States about securing your devices and communications for as little as $35 a month. Their basic plan includes device encryption, encrypted text, and data, also a free phone. That's just the beginning. Call 941-246-2156 to talk to a representative. That's 941-246-2156. Or go to phone123.com slash joy today. That's phone123.com slash joy. Get securely connected today only with Connecta.